Welcome to the Roadie Friday Podcast with your hosts, Darren Makins and Jose Escudero. Everybody can hear me? Yeah. All right, because uh, I have a grand reveal. Oh. oh, shit. Did you shave? I did not shave. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, what God. the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. What the Dude. <laughs> They're literally both yelling, what the fuck? Oh uh, my god! So, so uh, my girlfriend Amber uh, bought it, and it was going to be a surprise for the both of us, hoping that they would arrive in time. Because for the, for the, oh my god, <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, dude, that is awesome! Yeah, greatest roadie Friday shirts ever, dude. Those are uh, amazing. <laughs> for those of you listening to this, I will post pictures up on our Instagram. So that way you get to see what what Rich and Jose got to see. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Incredible. I like, I like the uh, camera angle just because it's like Jose's eyes just barely just, above. Yeah. Just like it's like <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh, I'm so jealous. Rich, we'll get you one. <laughs> I need with one. With both our faces I, on Yeah, I need both, both your faces. Our, with both of like, our faces. That would be outstanding. <laughs> across my chest. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell. I forgot to hit record, so I'll have to rip some of that audio from uh, Zoom. But, uh, <laughs> fellas, how you guys doing? Good I'm man, good, I'm good. great. I'm well. I'm a little sick right now in my hotel room, but I'm good. Oh no, that sucks. I I hate being sick on tour. It's the worst. It's always so hard to recover. Yeah, I can do a pretty good job of avoiding it, but I've just been today. I woke up and I just felt worse than I did the past two days. So <laughs> just taking it easy. Hell yeah! Where are you guys at right now? Uh, we're in Pittsburgh right now, like right outside of Pittsburgh. I think, uh, yeah, me and Jose are doing the zoom in two different hotel rooms in the same hotel. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you guys have like six shows left or something like this on that, something like that on this run. Yeah. Six shows left. And we're at the start of two days off, which is pretty awesome. Roadie Saturday, dude. R- Roadie Saturday. That's my favorite. <laughs> Um, Pittsburgh, like no disrespect to Pittsburgh, but it's probably my least favorite city to be, to have a day off in, let alone two. I think, um, like Pennsylvania in general, not my favorite place to be. Yeah. I had a day (laughs) off and I had a day off in Erie, Pennsylvania once. And it was like, it was terrible. Like all, all we could do was just go to, there was, there was this like bar slash uh, axe throwing place and that was literally the only thing to do oh that sounds fun i went the last time i was here i went to a pirates game and that was pretty cool nice because that that uh stadium is just so cool 
and it was like dollar hot dog night. <laughs> oh fuck yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, that's that's one of that's one of my favorite things to do is uh we went to two hockey games on the Trinity tour. Yeah, actually uh, like the oh. I've stayed at this hotel before and like in this area multiple times and first time I was here we went to a Penguins game. That's oh, see, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, the uh the 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 first hockey game was the St. Louis Blues game and then the second game was uh whatever team plays in Montreal. Uh but like maybe dude, I don't it guess. was an ex- <laughs> It, I think I think it's actually called the Canadians. If I, oh, if I, I I'm not a huge hockey fan. I, I love I love going to games, but it was yeah. it was something else going to see a hockey game in Canada. Yeah, it's probably just crazy. Everyone's just losing their mind. It's like apologizing to each other. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. You know, it's just All too right. polite, Fuck. and then they just start beating each other up. Dude, yeah. that's oh my god. Yeah, just like. There's the, like I've oh, I always hear stories of like hockey players getting into fights and then as soon as that you know just, just normal hockey shit but then like as soon as they're done they go to a bar and they have drinks together and it's like motherfucker huh. you just punched me in the face five times there's no way I'm buying you a beer <laughs> <laughs> that's their thing though you just gotta beat each other up and you're like you know I, I guess so just cool guy just have that quick Donnie Brook and then you're over it. It's like, man, like that was a good game, but that right hook of yours, like, that's, that's something that was else. Way better. No, no, that's yeah. There's, there's for me, there's no way. So yeah, Rich, do you want to tell us how you got into? Uh, first of all, what what would you consider your position to be on tour? Um, I mean, for the last like year and a half, I've toured as pretty much just like a production assistant. I guess this tour, it's like production assistant, production coordinator kind of thing. Um, I don't really know the difference, to be honest. I've pretty much done the same thing for uh, both jobs. Fair. But yeah, that's kind of what I just say PA, pretty much production assistant. The the like production assistant or people that are just straight up tour managers, I've always been curious how they let, because usually texts like Jose and I were musicians. And, mm-hmm. you know, usually I, I don't know about Jose's case, but for my case, like I tried for years to be a professional musician. And when my last band broke up, I was just like, you know what? Like, if I can't be a musician, I'll be a tech. And that's just kind of where the idea implanted in my head is essentially being a failed musician that still wanted to tour. <laughs> so how exactly do you land in in a role like a production assistant? I mean, I think it's kind of the same. So I like grew up playing in bands. I basically sang a lot. So I did metalcore bands all the time growing up because I'm from Phoenix. So I went and played like, I'm sure you guys have been there, the Nile Theater a lot, the Underground. I've been to the Nile. Yeah. So that was kind of where I cut my teeth growing up. And I had quit music for a while and took care of my grandpa for a few years and i started getting back into it like a couple years ago and my friend alex from the band dead hit me up and was like hey i know you're working your job i know you don't really like it that much do you want to come out and start touring and i was like yeah absolutely so he (laughs) brought me out to do like a merch and i was doing merch and then they're like can you do lights as well and i was like i pushed the buttons before so I could probably do it. And I went out on that tour and Mike Knoll and Roger Pugue from In This Moment and Black Hill Brides 
really helped me out, like doing lighting and I was doing merch and pretty much I didn't know it at the time, but I was doing PA work for them as well, but I didn't really realize it just like helping with like daily needs. Cause we had a really small crew. It was only six of us, including the band. So it was like a lot to learn, but I just worked really hard and, um, Blackville Brides needed another PA and their PA recommended me for it. Cause he got a different gig. So I joined up with them and I pretty much have been just been doing PA work since. And it's just like kind of the failed musician thing too, I guess, you know, like try to cut it in bands, still make music and all that. But like, I've just been touring and I found more success in touring so far. And I've done small TM gigs, you know, just fill in gigs where everything was already ready and advanced. But yeah, pretty much just through that, through the band Dead, just got me into this. And I've been touring for two years and two weeks. In in two weeks, it'll be two years. Sorry. Hell yeah. Dude, that's that's awesome. Um, and honestly, like the the because we, uh, we toured together you and uh jose are right now out in the breaking benjamin disturbed tour yeah you and i toured together on the trinity of terror tour yes and there were so many people on on the tour with like different jobs i'm not going to lie to you i thought you were a content person and when <laughs> when, when i said that could because you always had a camera in your hand and so like when i said that to jose he was like no dude he's a production assistant i'm like oh what like that was <laughs> yeah. that was such a mind fuck for me well yeah you can't really take like action shots of like uh pa work i guess you know just like calling a runner and being like hey can you go get us paper towels <laughs> you know like you're just kind of not really seen that much but on this tour i've been doing like camera work as well uh i got asked to like film on stage to do it for like the iMag. So like anything you see on the video walls when Breaking Benjamin's playing live, um, that's either the camera guys in the pit or like me. And then anything like behind, like you'll see me get right up on the guys and they'll like look into the camera and it's like a lot of fun. I've never really done that before. So it's like, just pick, I, I pretty much just get asked to do a job I've never done on tour before. And then I do it. And, and it somehow it works out. <laughs> yeah. I've guitar teched one time as well as tour managed on the same tour. And that was very strange for me because I'm not very much so a guitar player. Like I can play the guitar, but I never really had rigs or anything like that. Just enough stuff to write and like work on stuff at home. So I don't know. It's been cool. I've just been doing a lot of things I never thought I would do before. So it's interesting during the show. Do you ever get to see, well, I guess I like got of the corner of your eye or something like what comes up on the screen when you're filming. Cause like some of the stuff looks like really cool. And I always wonders like shit, like you can't even see it and it looks so good. <laughs> Dude. I, I sometimes try to take a little peek, but if I'm not focused on it, then it like, if I peek over it, then the camera like, starts shaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I try my best not to look, but I just look just to make sure I'm like kind of aimed right. Cause the, what you see on the camera is what the camera's filming. And then what's happening on the wall are a little different. Like we kind of line it up. There's just two different lineups that are happening from yeah. the camera and then the board. So, but I did pull up a video recently and watch it. And I was like, Oh, that looks really cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see yesterday's show really bad because it just looked really cool. That, that's that's honestly what I would do. Uh, just like go and find YouTube videos later. And honestly, like um, 
a, a lot of what I do is like, I, I would really like the opportunity to stop and smell the roses during a show. But the instant I do that, I'm going to let my guard down. Something's going to fuck up. And then I'm going to be caught like asleep at the wheel. And so like during a show, I have to be focused at all times. Uh, and that's just, just how my nature is. Like you'll see me on the side and I'll have like a real intense look on my face, but then like anything beyond like, yeah. So I just, it, it, during a show, like I will allow myself like 15 seconds to hold my phone out and grab some footage of the show. And then after that, I put my phone back in my pocket and I'm like, all right, back to the real shit. But then like, sometimes what I'll do is I'll actually like the, after a show, like a few hours, people have already uploaded you uh, videos on YouTube and stuff like that. And I'll actually like watch those and listen to those uh, just to make sure like, you know, you know, it's like it's like playing Monday morning quarterback, but I'll listen to it and I'll be like, OK, we're all the guitars in tune, you know, where, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's the, it's the, the stuff that's within my control. And I mean, so far, so good. I haven't had any real major issues on a tour yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I get scared to go back and watch the videos because I'm like, oh, man, like I, it felt like a bad show or something. And then our video guy will come up to me and be like, that was great. And I'm just like, was it? Like, I don't know. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm using like a really expensive camera and, and I know how to zoom on it and focus and, and like change exposure and f-stop. So, Is this your gear or are they supplying the camera for you? Uh, it's actually our video guy, Paul's gear. And he just kind of taught me how to use it and just showed me literally a few things and that was kind of all we needed to make it work right and make it look really cool because what they had in rehearsals we were not super happy with so uh we got a new guy and he he just came in and and blew us all away like everybody it was just in like incredible i just didn't know it could look so cool and that you could like have a wireless pack on the camera filming like it, it's all stuff that blew my mind that was just it's way above me and i don't know how i'm able to do it but it's yeah, cool we, to, like have might have to might have to like talk to paul on like get paul on here and like talk to us about that because it's it's really interesting and so much editing happens like on the fly like In it's real like times. real time on yeah it's sick i, I I have no yeah, idea him, how they do it. Him and Drew, our front of house guy, like are so talented. They made the whole show in like 48 hours or something like that. I remember everybody was like, they're just sitting in the hotel lobby. Like they haven't left. And they were putting together a show before like the first or second show. And it just looked so, it's looked cool ever since. And they, they make changes every once in a while. And it just gets cooler and cooler. And you're yeah. like, wow. Hell yeah. The future's weird. Yeah, future is strange. It's <laughs> we're just living in a strange time of music, but the video walls like have kind of changed the game for how people can be creative with like stage production and stuff. It's not like yeah. set carps anymore. It's like as many lights and video that you can have, and it's like I don't know. It's just it's awesome. It just makes the show feel like you're living in the future. Like I've never been to a rave, and I'm sure there are people at raves like yeah, well we've seen this all the time but in metal it seems like a like a more like a newer thing that people are doing more often you know yeah, yeah. so uh, another thing that i have a hard time with like i i can't just go to a concert and enjoy it anymore i have to like <laughs> I, I, I have to like yeah exactly like i'll be looking at something and i'll be like i wonder wonder how that breaks down or like i was i was curious if like <laughs> your video like the video wall and stuff like that i was like 
are they just on carts and they just pull that out of the trailer every day and just set it up as is because yeah. uh the 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 last the last tour that I worked uh not I'm sorry not the last tour but the uh the last the last gig gig that I had uh we had these like set carts that had lights on them and they were lit they were they were so heavy and they had so many lights on them and it was the dumbest thing on the planet and just like dealing with these carts and like although I could like it, it made a really cool light show and I just I couldn't imagine like setting up and tearing down those lights every day even though we had two we had an ld and a lighting tech with us you know just the 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 thought of bringing these up and tearing these down every single day so like the the set cart just made way more sense as much as it sucked yeah like um i don't know the the well currently the video walls are on carts which is great but they just look terrifying to move every day every time they go for a cable ramp i'm just like oh my god is today the day but i mean it's so heavy that i don't think that it, it gets moved but in comparison to what they had to do on trinity where they were building it block by block every day you were like it seems a lot easier and i mean the changeover is so fast that you kind of have to do it like that you can't you can't tear down a whole video wall before disturb puts on a big old pyro show you know so a big old pyro show that literally like i was I think I can probably say this part out loud, but uh, I did a tour as a support act for Sabaton, and mm. it was just, it was an insane amount of pyro, and the Disturbed show just blows it away. Like, yeah. the, the, Sabaton, the Sabaton show never set off sprinklers. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've never seen that happen in my life either. The second time was this week in Camden, and it was just crazy i walked i ran on stage not walked i ran up to the stage to see it because everybody was like oh my god the sprinklers are going off and it just looked you know, like the apocalypse <laughs> was happening dude like it was crazy it, it looked because uh i was there with my brother and my girlfriend and we were all in the crowd watching it and they were like oh my god that's so cool and my reaction was oh no (laughs) you're like oh the gear because then because then i was like well those motherfuckers are not getting a day off tomorrow it's gonna be bring all the gear to the hotel room and you know sit with hair dryers and yeah i don't know what they've had to do in those situations but i assume it's not a lot of fun you know like dealing with all that you're just like being like okay what still turns on what still works and those sprinkler systems don't stop until they're empty and that water in there is not nice. It's gross, gross water. Oh yeah. Sprinkler water is disgusting. Was it out in the crowd or was it just on the, it was just uh, on stage. I didn't get like, it was maybe like the first three rows got wet, but then like everything after that, like it was literally just the stage. That's crazy. Um, because do either one of you guys remember when limp biscuit like played a show and like, some water like collapsed from the ceiling or something like that. And the only spot where the water fell uh, was on stage and it was directly on West, the guitar player's pedal board. No, but I know he's got a very extravagant pedal board. So that was probably yeah. heartbreaking. <laughs> and, and uh, Fred Durst's response was literally just laughter. And I, I guess the guitar tech had to like bring the, the pedal board with them to to the hotel the next day and like hair dry hair dry it all like open it up and put hair dryers on everything and just make sure it's as clean as po- or dry as possible 
just get 10 50 pound bags of rice and just hope for the best (laughs) (laughs) i'd much rather do the hair dryer i just like the idea of them like filling up a hotel room with rice and pedals pedals from the pedal board just yeah rice and pedals like all over (laughs) them but then like if you if you leave your room to go and grab lunch and then like the ha- the house uh the, the the cleaning people come in and they just see a room full of electronics and rice and hair dryers and it's just like <laughs> what the shit is going on in here? <laughs> yeah. I like the idea too of just like leaving all the rice in the hotel but like making sure you got all the pedal boards in your ba- all the pedals in your backpack and then they just have to deal with the rice. They would hate hate you so much. Like oh, oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> We're not trashing hotel rooms anymore. We're ricing them. No. I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's hilarious. So uh, back to you and your career. Yeah. Like I said before, it, I just find it really fascinating. Like the 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 administrative side, I guess, of the touring industry, like uh, your 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 job title. Uh, and, and I don't I don't mean this as a derogatory term or anything like that, but you're essentially yeah. the tour manager's assistant. Would that be? Yeah, roughly a good description. I pretty much Yeah, I take care of anything the tour manager needs for like the tour and like band needs to crew needs like I I'm assistant to the tour manager. So he doesn't have to deal with like all of the day-to-day stuff that people need, like stuff as simple as like bus stock or having the runners go take care of like something that's kind of the same pattern over and over and over again. Like for some bands, I'm more closely working with the artist and then some bands I'm more closely working with the tour manager. And it just all depends. Like the bigger you are, the more like compartmentalized it gets, which is sometimes like really nice, but then sometimes kind of rough because when everybody's busy, you kind of want to just be able to like handle something quickly, but you just kind of have to wait for like your window, you know? So it's, but it's just a lot of learning. I don't know how I got like kind of thrust into it. It was never my dream. It was never even a thought to be like a tour manager, a PA, you know, like, it's it's just something that you kind of get set into and like you deal with a lot of numbers and uh like it's interpersonal skills and all that stuff and making sure like you can read people and knowing how to deal with like all sorts of different personalities and it was not something that i ever thought that i'd be doing but i'm here now doing it and apparently pretty good at it and people Hell yeah. are people are like you're going to be a tour manager one day, and I'm like, God, I don't know. If I, I, I hope be. not. <laughs> I know. Listen, I've I've been told that before too, and I'm just like, you can fucking keep that job, like, dude. That's how I feel. I'm like, I would rather tune guitars or do lights or front of house or something. Tour managing sounds rough because like if something goes wrong it's all on you with pa like if something goes wrong i can kind of be like well the runner didn't bring the right like food back or something or it came back cold i'm so sorry you know it's not necessarily my fault or the runner can claim that there's no cake in paris (laughs) i was (laughs) about to ask that is like how like what would be the move if you ask for a cake while you're in Paris and your runner comes back and says, there's no cake in Paris. 
Oh yeah, no. I two, two hours I would later, have them sit right next to me and Google a bunch of places that specifically <laughs> have cake, and I'd be like, "What's that?" And I, w- <laughs> I would be hot pretty fast if somebody told me there was no cake in the city, and it was like for a birthday, and it's like a band member's birthday, and you can't get a cake. I would just be like, "I am going to lose it right now." Like pretty much every day you're on the verge of like, um, like something so small like that could just put you on the verge of just a mental breakdown. And you're like, come on, man, please just help me out. Like there's, I go as far as giving people the address, giving them the aisle that something's in, telling them like exactly where something is, making sure I call the store and like reserving an item or something so that they they can't come back and be like, yo, that they don't have that. I'm like, no, they do. I promise yeah, yeah. you that they do. And some people do like some people are runners and they definitely like to argue with you. And you're like, so confused. You're like, you just didn't want to do the thing. Like it's just a day of work. Like, I don't know. I can sometimes get like, <laughs> I can get stressed out so quick. So that's why being a tour manager sounds rough. Like, if a hotel like reservation is oh, going there. wrong or like, like I was listening to your podcast with, with uh, Justin Keir from Atreyu and like the, <laughs> the bus driver just not showing up for bus call and he just wakes up and the bus isn't moving. I, I don't even know how I could handle that. I would be so upset. Pack your bags and leave before the rest of the band, like the band wakes up. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, shit. like, Hey guys, your driver and your tour manager manager quit um and <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go bag groceries somewhere oh my sorry gosh. guys good luck getting to the next gig <laughs> yeah but no i could not do that job no i mean i i've held different management positions for different companies and stuff and the bottom line is is uh especially on larger tours when you do have the personnel um Everybody has their area. Everybody knows the responsibilities. And if somebody fucks up, it's not necessarily about yelling at somebody as much as you want to, or frankly, as, as much as they would want to. I, I would always prefer to, ch- to turn a moment from, I believe in catching more, uh, more flies with honey than vinegar. Yes. So, and and, uh, and uh, an example of that would be like, if I asked you know, somebody for, uh, you know what? I just thought of a good example, but that is not an example where I kept it cool. Um, <laughs> so, so there's this one venue that we, uh, I'll, I'll give an example where I didn't keep it cool. Um, there was one venue where we, we rolled up and we told them that we needed stage towels and they were like, yeah, we're going to send our, uh, we don't keep them in stock. So we're going to have a state, uh, a, a runner go to the dollar store and buy some towels. Great, not a problem. He comes back. Uh, he comes back with washcloths, nah. like ten washcloths, and so I get these towels that are like that big. And the dollar store was literally within walking distance of this venue, and so I was like, and the promoter was like, "Well, sorry, that's all we got." And I was like, "I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna buy them myself, and I'm giving you the receipt because I'm gonna want my fucking money back." And so I walked and I wasn't like, I was, I think I was a, I think I was the guitar tech for this tour. So I walked over and bought the towels 
Yes, I was because uh, our friend Mikey was the drum tech. And then there's another story regarding this, this guy, this particular venue, but I walked over, got the correct ones and handed the promoter, the, the receipts. And I was basically like, uh, I would like to be reimbursed this amount by the end of the show, please. And thank you. And that was as nice as I could be. But going back to the <laughs> point where I was, that I was saying what that I was saying was I prefer to turn a moment where I could yell at somebody and turn it into a teachable moment. So that way, yeah. if they fuck up the same way again, then I can become heated because I like, look, I gave you the tools to be successful here. And, you know, I even went through and showed you how to be successful at this and it's not working out. So am I not giving you the right tools? Am I not giving you the time that you need to complete the task? You know, what is it about me that this job isn't getting done? So that way, once you remove yourself as the problem and it's called the uh, performance gap analysis. And it's mm -hmm. essentially like, are you ha like, you know, am I not giving you the tools? Am I not giving you you know, so-and-so, and I forget, it's been forever since I've had a real job and I've never, and I haven't had to apply this, but it's just basically like getting down to the point where finally the final question is, are you the right guy for this role? Or are you the right girl for this role? No, I mean, I've, I've definitely had problems with runners and like, and just even touring people. And you just have to realize like, if there's a problem, there's always a solution. And before I would get like so heated i would just be like i can't believe this thing was happening and i've been trying to like really like tone that down and just be like okay like how can i be more clear how can i be like exactly how can i set somebody else up for success just like you're saying so that they so that we both like go through it smoothly and and work it right and i mean i'm still so new in touring to where like every day i learn something new and like I guess getting desensitized to things going wrong because they inevitably will on tour. They will. And you, yeah. And you just have to learn how to deal with it and be like, okay, well, how am I going to make this up or like fix this? And if there's no solution, it's just, you just have to be honest. Like the biggest thing is just not being a liar and be like, yeah, I did that. And then it, it didn't happen. You know, that's, I think that's where, on the touring side, like with the, your crew and stuff, if you tell someone you did something and it didn't happen, then you're just like, you just show that you're unreliable. And I, I just try to be open with everybody and be like, Hey, this isn't happening because of this. Like there was, where were we just at? We were in Virginia, Jose. And we had a show where it got canceled because of rain and all that. And I tried to get everybody food for after show but everywhere was closed. Like everywhere had no power. They wouldn't take the orders. Like if they were open, cause it was too big and it was like eight pizzas or something like that. And I was just like, I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, no, like anywhere we've called anywhere we go, like they just won't answer. I'm so sorry. So I know we all have bus stocks, so we'll just eat snacks. I have extra snacks on the bus. If anybody else has extra snacks, you know, just trying to figure out a solution into something that I never even expected to happen, you know? Yeah. And if, if you're talking about eight pizzas, one of my first jobs out of <laughs> college was a pizza place. That's not a large order. 
Like no, it's not. I've worked at a pizza place too, yeah, and like no, that's but, like a normal family Friday night order. Sometimes if you if they got guests or something, just, yeah. Just if, like, it's a, if it's a yeah, if it's a large family, like that might be just a regular ass order. But you know, yeah, yeah. I don't. The funniest, don't, don't, the funniest one that happened recently was I sent a runner to Wendy's, and the, she called me and she's like. Yeah, it's going to be $500 or something. And I was like, it should not be that much. And I was like, this, I ordered these. And it was like, if you've seen that show, I think you should leave. Where he's like, 55 burgers, 55 fries, 55 milkshakes. Like, it <laughs> yeah. felt like that for the order. Like, it really almost like read like that. But it, it was like, they were just so upset and they were screaming at my runner. And I just felt so bad sending them out for like an order like that for an after show food. Cause, <laughs> no like nobody at a fast food place wants to make that and you're just like oh my god like <laughs> so you don't need to be getting yelled at right now so th- i find that a little bit interesting because um a, a lot of these especially if, if it's a venue that has a lot of shows you know like you're you're advancing these shows with these product with promoters you know production companies live nation whatever I feel like they should have a relationship with like the local restaurants. It, it's gone through so many name changes, but the venue you guys mm-hmm. played in in Camden, they should have Live Nation should have a relationship with these restaurants in the area. After that, give you a list of say like these are the these are the restaurants that we typically deal with, and then you essentially choose the uh, after show food from that list, whether it's a pizza place or whether it's a Burger King or you know whatever the the. But, I, I just I, I, I find it yeah. not, not difficult to believe because I definitely believe you, but just like the fact that none of these restaurants in the area would be willing to accommodate a concert because they if they have a concert every night, maybe once a week they're getting a phone call for these orders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I just think like so, a lot of tours are different where like sometimes the catering will ha- handle like after show food, but then sometimes they won't. Like on Trinity, we had they they made like yeah they had catering do an after show thing every day but on this tour it's just a, a little, little baggy different. that you just went back and grabbed one and that was yeah, that was your so, after show food <laughs> exactly you'd be like oh i have a turkey wrap and some chips and a bag of candy all right cool i'm set and i mean i was happy with that you know as long as i have something to eat at the end of the day because the day runs so long you kind of do eat like again at like midnight you know which is probably so bad for us but you you end up doing that and on this tour like i like since we're not headlining it's just a little different so we like we'll order food and and we'll get it sent out and we've done pizzas a lot i think me and jose have probably eaten like at least 40 pizzas this tour you know so i try to change it up every once in a while and like Get everybody something different that they Some would fat like. Sacks of McDonald's, yeah, big old fat sacks of food, and just split it between the buses. And everyone's pretty stoked on it, you know. Like it's better to do it that way, and it's like it's honestly cheaper to do it that way than like going to a restaurant and then everybody getting an order. And two, when you're doing food orders, somebody's food's always going to be wrong. Somebody's always going to be upset, and it's just like, I don't know what to tell you. Like we just ordered for 20 people and you know, if you worked in a restaurant and just got a 20 person order out of the blue, 
you'd be like freaking out frustrated too you know and there's just so many things going on throughout the day it's like sometimes you don't like get a place that everybody agrees on until late in the day to do a big order like that where you're like okay i want pad thai i want this shit you know and then people are like arguing about it and you just you just kind of have to simplify it sometimes when there's just so many people and i think if tours are big enough then you can like really like spoil everybody for after show but i've never been on a tour like that so i'm not i I don't know how it all changes band to band gig to gig but it's one of those things where i i know any tm or pa their most frustrating part of the day is food for people because you're bound to upset somebody and you just kind of have to learn how to deal with it and not take it personally because there's so many other things when somebody's like upset about their food. They're probably upset about the day and, you know, everybody's away from their families and all that stuff. So, but also it's still food. <laughs> <Like>, yeah. <laughs> serious. Yeah. Uh, speaking, speaking of food, it actually reminded me of something that happened on the Trinity tour. Uh, we had two members of our touring party that were vegan and there's one venue that had like, uh, and so we were, we were always, the, the, the venues were always very good about having vegan options and stuff like that for the people that, you know, were not able to eat quote normal food, but there's one venue in particular. I forget what the food item was, but it might've been like veget. Oh, I think it was lasagna actually. And they had it labeled as vegetarian lasagna. And one of the members of the touring party was like, I gotta know, like, I can't do vegetarian. It has to be vegan. Like, is this vegetarian or vegan? And the guy goes, yeah, vegan. And he's like, but it says vegetarian. So he picked, he picked up the sign. He crossed out vegetarian and wrote vegan. And then the, the, the person was like, writing the word vegan doesn't make it vegan. Like, I have to know if it's actually vegan. (laughs) I remember on that same tour, that same person was in, because I know exactly who you're talking about. But mm-hmm. I remember we walked into catering. It was like an outdoor venue. And they were serving like burgers or something. And then they're like, do you guys have any vegan burgers or anything like that? Like some black <laughs> burgers? And they're like, oh my God, well, that's, we don't that's, really that's have an any. almost spot on impersonation. <laughs> yeah. He's like, so he's trying to be so nice about it because he's, but he's hungry. So he's like, yeah. oh my God. But he's like, do you guys have anything like that? And they're like, well, we don't really have that. We have like lettuce and tomato and onion. And there, <laughs> I just remember his eyes just looked up in the sky. He was like, okay. And just walked out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Cause touring isn't vegan is already hard enough. Like catering typically on some tours, like they just, the, the catering company is like, don't necessarily know exactly what it is and then like other caterers are getting bought out so then the good caterers like don't aren't able to come in and then you get just get stuck with who you get and on that trinity tour we definitely got stuck with just who they had you know and yeah i felt bad for the people taking care of catering and ordering it because they i saw the emails they're clearly like we need vegan options vegan options with this and they get in there and they're like, yeah, like there's a, there's a vegan burger for sure. Like you just don't put the meat on it, put everything else on it. It'll be great. And you're just like, oh my God, dude. 
food is like the biggest drama on tour sometimes. Like every time you walk into a venue, it's yeah. like, is catering good? It's great. If it's not, it's, it's going to be a day for sure. Because uh, I, I had a I had a day off with uh, another person on the tour that was a vegan. And so like him and I went to a restaurant and uh, it was more of a brewery. And I ordered a burger and then he ordered like the spicy black bean burger or whatever. And I don't remember if I said he was a vegan or not, but he's a vegan. And so <laughs> he then uh, it shows up with a slice of cheese on it. Oh, and he's like, he's being as polite as he can. And he's just like, uh, hey, I'm so I, I can't I can't have cheese. Like, that's the whole point of a vegan burger. And so they took it back. And literally less than a minute later, they came back out with a burger without cheese on it. And they were like, and th- this person was like, well, you're just, you just scraped the cheese off and brought me the same thing. Like now it's contaminated. So like, I'm, I'm going to need this to, even if you just let it sit back there for 10 minutes, I'm going to need it to sit back there for 10 minutes. So I can at least assume that you guys are cooking a new one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> and you know the people back there are just like this fucking guy's a vegan. And you're yeah, like, oh what my the, god, yeah, like, what the fuck? Don't put and, it on the menu, <laughs> And there was a there was a person on this uh, tour as well. They were microdosing mushrooms the entire time. Uh, another it was a it was another vegan and they were <laughs> microdosing mushrooms but they had it in this like milk chocolate bar and so like occasionally i would see them reach into their pocket and pull out this piece of milk chocolate and i'm like like i would call out the hypocrisy every single time and i would just be like oh so your morals stop where your drug usage begins and the person was <laughs> like yeah that's exactly how it works <laughs> <laughs> i know who that is too <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that was that was a crazy tour for sure. That was that one's got some of my best and worst memories on it, and a thousand yeah. percent concur on that one. <laughs> yeah, it was just so much, and there just weren't enough of us. And well, my my favorite part of that tour was like if you were the if you were the last band on, you know, they there were just no hands available as soon as so like you'd have to tear down everything yourself pretty much, and so like uh-huh. I was the only. I was the only tech for the band. I was backline. I was drums and guitars. So first things first is I would take, I would take the guitar. I would put the guitars away, wipe them down, get all the dudes, disgusting, greasy fingers. Cause they've been fucking eating chicken wings and fries all day. So I'd have to wipe <laughs> down the guitars. So that way the strings didn't corrode faster than they needed to. And then put those away, make sure they're secure and then take down my station. The drum set is just sitting there. And so then they would start lowering the lighting trusses and that's when I would have my big freak out because they're about to lower lighting trusses onto a drum set. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like I, I have to like, give me a couple of hands. So, Oh no, all hands go to production and you know, they don't go to any kind of backline after the show. And it's like, okay, well then you're all going to fucking wait for me to tear down this drum set. Like, and I'm going to take just to prove a point. I'm going to take my sweet time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's like, that's so crazy to me because like you're the headliner, but then you don't get any hands. And it was, that was one of just, like in terms of production on that tour, it looks so cool, but just also just like they can spare one person. All you need is one guy, dude. <laughs> you know? like, I 
I always ask for more than I need. So that way I can like cut one or two loose. And so I would just be like, I need three. I need three people right now. I'd really only need one. But as soon as they send me three, I'd be like, all right, you two go. You're like, you, you go help the monitor engineer. You go help front of house. Like I would send them elsewhere. Yeah. So that you at least had hands to help with the loadout, which like should have been happening anyway. It was always the best because the instant I uh, I would get to a new city, I'd be like, I would go up to the uh, hands and people who are like supposed to be helping me for the day. And I'd be like, who here plays drums? And there'd always be like <laughs> one in there. And I'd be like, you're my guy. You're, you're my guy or you're my girl. that's going to help me with the drums today. <laughs> that's smart, though. I mean, like you need like if it's just you taking care of that was two guitars bass and drums like you need somebody dude you need somebody it's just so too much to do by yourself and especially like if i had to tell somebody like can you bring me the snare stand if they don't if they don't know how to play drums or anything like that i have to explain what the snare stand is and then i'd have to explain what the snare is and then fuck okay it's the one that goes like direct like in between the drummer's legs but it's like the 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 drum that like they hit all the time it's the drum they hit all the time that's why it's called a snare like that's so crazy to me because like i i did stagehand work growing up too and i like i i never played the drums or guitar but if somebody was like told me to get the snare stand or oh. the, the left crash like i could do that totally fine like but some people i guess just don't know anything and they're just like yeah. i just want to be at the show for free or something like i don't know i I truly don't know dude one of the shows i was like i was giving the stage hands instructions like okay this goes stage left this goes stage right and like i was just throwing a million things at him at once and then he just he finally goes i don't know what stage left or stage right is (laughs) (laughs) and so it's just one of those things where i was like okay artist perspective you're on stage performing Left is left, right is right. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Easy. so simple, but yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, one time I had a runner. I was like, can you take this cooler for the sound guys to front of house? And they're like, what's front of house? And I was like, um, it's where they do like all the sound and lights. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And they... uh because I, I didn't know how else to say it. So they took it and it w- ended up behind the stage somewhere. And I was like, okay, like you really don't know. So I had to like, ex- I had to like take him out there and show them what front of house was. And I was like, it's like, like when you're at the sound boards, like in the crowd, you know, like that's the only, I don't know how else to explain front of house. How would you explain it? The gated area that's in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's probably the, the best way to say it the gated area in the spot of the in the, the middle of the crowd there you go i don't know i never would have thought i had to explain that stuff because i just assumed yeah I, I, I do a lot of assuming that people know how things work the same way i, and know I, feel, how they work. I feel like that's okay though like you know you're back there you you assume you start to see like you know if they're here you know there's a reason they are <laughs> and i feel like it's yeah. I feel like that it's an okay assumption because then if you go in and like treating people like they don't know, that can also like be really irritating. To, like, like, dude, I know yeah. where in front of house fucking is. Like, <laughs> and, and, and now you're an and now you're an asshole for for treating <laughs> yeah. everyone like they're idiots. Yeah, 
<laughs> I really try to avoid that because I assume that, yeah, there, people are smart enough to know better. Yeah. And I just feel so bad when I'm like, because I'm, I'm so dumbfounded when that happens. I just like, I'm so stopped. I'm just stopped. I'm like, I don't know how to say this. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Because my first instinct is to like, be like, are you fucking kidding me? But I really have to like, not like try not to do that. You know? Yeah. Well, and the nice thing about this tour is that like, every venue we work at, everybody's just like, all the Live Nation people are just super so pro. on it. They just know how everything works. And the only time stuff is like not working the way that I needed to backstage is like if they're understaffed and like you just kind of can't like oh, get man. on them for that. It's yeah. not their fault. You know, some places for, it's easier for them to hire than others, I guess. For us, for me, it's been like the union places because you can't you can't <laughs> load the trucks until their scheduled time. Yeah. And usually like we've been getting done like at 850. So we got a 20 minute load load out with like no hands. Incredible. Uh, but then like, sometimes it's like walk out to the truck from stage and all the gears. Like, it's like, Oh no, it's like, everything's <laughs> like just outside the load, the, you know, on the loading dock, just outside the truck. And it's like, Oh no, gotta wait till nine. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, you gotta wait oh. till their scheduled time. And now I'm just oh, sitting that- there for ever. That happened to us on the Trinity tour um, when we played. Uh, what is it? The Hulu? That's at Madison Hulu Square Garden. I think, yeah. Or you? No, YouTube theaters. What is it? Hulu theaters no, in uh, LA? No, YouTube. YouTube is LA. Oh, then I then yeah, Hulu theater. Then yeah. it is. I, I I mix up the two as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the Hulu theater. Uh, as soon as I, I forget what order we what our position was that night, but. Uh, everything had to be forked up into the truck and the forklift operators were on break. Yep. And so our stuff just sat on the street in New York city for oh, like no. a half hour. And it was just, <laughs> I remember that. I remember I was standing out there upset. <laughs> like what the hell dude? Yeah. And, and Sully, who was our monitor engineer, he like, Super Canadian guy who was just like, oh, well, you know, we'll just, you know, just hang out and just fucking, you know, wait until they get back. Um, you know, there's not much we can do. You know, they're the union guys. They have their rules. And, you know, yeah, just like. <laughs> yeah, just so Canadian about it. It is what it so is, man. We're just going to have to wait. The, yeah, you know, it's their, it's their rules, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Steve from Atreyu, like, opened a, a case on that uh like at front of house and just got screamed at for opening a case during union break time and he was just like what is going on like can't even touch my own case like no that's the strange part yeah they when you when you're at a union venue they're the boss for the day so like it, it, as soon as as soon as I walked into Hulu, the first thing that I said to the uh, union foreman that was there, and I was like, "You tell me where to go. You tell me what to do. You're my boss today." And he says with this like, it felt like a Brooklyn accent, but it was like a very thick like, "You, you and I are gonna be best friends today." Oh, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they and, love that dude. They definitely love that. And so, like, as the day progressed, and I like it was, it was like 
it always seems serious in the beginning when you're working with these union guys, just because it can be like so intense and they have the rules. But mm-hmm. throughout the day, as the day progressed, like I would just ask them for permission. Like, hey, I'm going to be tuning guitars. Do you mind if I like open up the cases and grab the guitars? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And then like once it get to once it got to setting up the drum set, it was like, uh, we can't do that because it's a specialized position. So therefore, you're allowed to take out your own drum stuff. And I was like, cool. Thank you so much for letting me know that. And, you know, just about communicating, treating each other with respect. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all those guys really want. And I know some people go in so hot because they just super hot and rules and you just can't because you just have to play the game. You know, you have to. Yeah, let it happen. Yeah. And it's just one day. The day will end and you'll get through it. It's their house. You're the guest. Yeah. Honestly, like one of the places that I thought we were going to have the worst time ended up being like pretty good uh, was in Jones Beach because that's uh, to load out. You got you have to kind of go through the crowd and you have to fork stuff off the stage. Mm -hmm. So nobody loads out until the show is over like 100% over headliners been on. So you can't start moving stuff until after 11 PM or so. And I was kind of like dreading it, (laughs) but it's like, it's literally just kind of just like, you just got to let it happen. And it ended up being like pretty smooth. Like once 11 o'clock hit, everyone moved, you know, there was just so many hands too, that everything just kind of like went at it, like at a decent pace. From my perspective, it looked like an ant colony like they're going to go build their colony or bring food back from like a from like a piece of rotten bread from the stage they're just yeah. like bringing it all back just one by one but it happened so fast i was like okay that's not that bad you know yeah, it sucks that you have to stick around for loadout yeah it's like late, yeah that was the one later, thing you but... had to like wait two hours till it happened but after one, once it got you know going it it just happened and that was it and it ended up being cool I know every the all the uh, people at the venue were like, "I hope the tide's coming in. Hopefully, we don't have high tide tonight." And I'm just like watching the water rise, like right just, against that dock too. And it was yeah. so close; it was like within inches of like coming up. And I was like, "Oh my everything. god!" Yeah. If anything would have had everybody in shambles, was just loading out in water, having yeah. water all over the trucks. They would have. That would have been the thing where it was like that was not smooth that sucked but yeah. they gave us pizzas at the end of the night like a, a food truck came and made us personal pizzas and it was awesome fuck yeah yeah it was great it's honestly a great that was a great day and that venue's so cool like right on the beach like the back of the venues like in the water like yeah so if you're sitting in the nosebleeds you see like all of like long island and stuff and it's just like an insanely awesome view and if anybody gets to go to a venue like buy buy nosebleeds because it sounds great up there because i had to go walk in the crowd for a little bit and it just looks so awesome i made sure i got pictures and i i loved it it seemed like uh i've never been there but like the gorge like if you ever get to go there have you guys been there no i don't it's like a venue on a cliffside i think it's in utah could be like Wyoming yeah. or something. I think, I think it's, it's Utah. Beautiful. Yeah. It just looks beautiful. And I just, I love it. It's, there's very few venues where they're in like insanely 
awesome, pretty spots where they give you a cool view. Like Red Rocks is one of those, yeah. you know, like just one of the coolest spots where you're just like, you could see it's outside of Denver, right? Or is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you can see the skyline. It's so cool. Yeah, falling in reverse was there the same day that we were in Denver. Oh, did you go to so that show? To no, because we were we had a show. It was but there were both oh. shows on the same day. Like they were at Red Rocks and we were at the uh, Ball Arena. Oh, that day. Did you got? Did that hurt the attendance or? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, it no, didn't, show, didn't, didn't seem packed. like it didn't seem like it did. Uh, I saw videos of the other show because Dan Mitchie was over there running lights and I saw some videos of his show over there and uh, our show seemed, you know, properly attended also. Good. Yeah. Hell and yeah. I think the, the audiences too, like they're just a little bit different. Like yeah. the disturbed and breaking band audience seems more like the, it's, it's definitely a more mainstream like uh audience yeah. and then the falling in reverse i mean falling is becoming like so mainstream but their audience is still like what you would like like, like the trinity audience you know like just like that like like the scene kind of goth thing going on in most of the crowd but i mean both shows are still just so intense and the, i know the kids love it and all the fans just love coming to either show so it was probably a hard choice for some people, but either yeah, like, it's a band's playing Red Rocks. Like I would want to go check out the Red Rock show, for right? Sure. Like I don't, I don't even <laughs> care who's playing. I just, uh, I kind of want to just see a show there. Yeah, dude, I'd go watch Jimmy Buffett. I don't care, dude. Just put me at the top of Red Rocks, and I'm happy. I think Jimmy Buffett at Red Rocks would be like ultimate, like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is this a name I picked? I don't know. I only know a Margaritaville, so as I should. So. <laughs> well, I, does he have any other songs? I'm I'm <laughs> sure he might have one or two more, but I I I assume that he just plays Margaritaville thirteen like 12 times. times. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's called in a day. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. This song was called Margaritaville, and uh, <laughs> uh. This next song is uh, is a song that you're all gonna know. It's uh, it's called Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know the words to this next song, sing along with us. This is Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> or, or this song is called Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex uh, the Terrible comes out and does Margaritaville with him. That'd be sick. Uh, that would be fantastic. Like, <laughs> all right, all right. The mountaintop has been reached. There's, we yeah. might as well just cancel all concerts from here on out. Cause honestly, there's going to be nothing better. Yeah. They just won concerts. <laughs> all right. So, uh, I haven't talked this over with Jose, but I'm, I'm going to pull an audible here. And I think we're going to start, I'm going to start this new thing where the final thing that we do on an episode is, uh, I ask you what's your favorite thing about touring and then what's your least favorite thing about touring. So Rich, what's your favorite thing about touring? Ooh, put me on the spot. Um, my favorite thing about touring is honestly just like meeting so many cool people. Like I was such a recluse for a while. So like being out on the road and just meeting like people I would have never met in my life and like making so many awesome friends 
through touring crew, through people that come to the concerts. They just end up meeting at bars and stuff. Like it's just so much fun. Um, my least favorite thing about touring. Hmm. Oh, I mean, it's basically what we talked about for 20 minutes on this podcast though, was just like <laughs> dealing with anybody's food order ever ordering anybody food. Just, you just know it's sometimes going to come back wrong and you're going to be the brunt of it. And yeah, everything else, it's pretty chill though. Like I love traveling. I love like, getting hotel rooms in different cities and then just being like sick dude like i just have my own time to do stuff and living on a bus is crazy like i've never had any like drama buses or anything like that so yeah sorry and i think our bus on this tour is like the least drama ever like, yes <laughs> we have six people on our bus on oh, this i was tour. about to say are you guys on the same bus jose told me your bus has six people yeah, yeah we're on the we're same, on the same. <laughs> that's oh that's so awesome we sleep yeah, we, 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 from each other yeah we talk about it all the time like how great it is and how we'll never get to experience that again <laughs> yeah like no we really with just six people today <laughs> yeah it's just it'll it'll probably never ever happen again but it is it's awesome we're definitely we're, we're highly, lucky on this tour yeah, and highly breaking bends yeah, Breaking Ben has spoiled us for sure. Hell yeah. Um, shit, that's a good way to end the episode. Do either one of you have something else that you'd like to add or talk about or you know, compliment my sweet Hawaiian shirt again? It's got my face I mean, on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty beautiful face on a pretty beautiful Hawaiian shirt worn by a pretty beautiful man, so... Oh, Stavi, you're too kind. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, shit. Uh, thank you guys for your time, and I'll catch up with both of you soon. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much for having me, and uh, I'll see you in the hallways, Jose, and uh, yeah. I'll see you around, Darren. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to the Roadie Friday Podcast. Have a question or an idea? Email us at roadiefridaypod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Theme music by Ricky Armolino. Editing and production by Darren Makins.